Turn we'll paint the progression in every studio session. Turn we'll paint the progression in every studio session. Turn we'll paint the progression. Welcome to Paint a Progression with Regis Arzu. Money management for the rest of us. Now, who's the rest of us? If you remember the first time Will Smith made you cry and you knew then and there that he was going to be a superstar, you are the rest of us. You know what I'm talking about. That scene with his father leaving him. Why he don't love me, man? Man, that scene still gets me chills. Every time it shows up on my Facebook, I have to watch it. Okay, so it's Interview Fridays when I introduce you to someone that grew up just like you and I, and we go through their financial journey with them. We talk through their struggles, their bad decisions, and we talk through their successes and their life lessons. And today, we're going to meet Angel Guillen, born in Honduras, but was raised in the mean streets of Chicago. Being the oldest of six brothers and sisters, you could imagine life has taught this man a few lessons. He went from buying a $10,000 car at 20% interest, which is a lot, to purchasing something pretty cool that you don't see every day in the hood at 1% interest. You have to continue listening to find out what he bought. Angel fits his name very well and has an amazing personality, but you be the judge. Now I have to admit, I'm really excited about this interview, but for a different reason. I'm excited because he has never listened to any of my episodes, and it's exciting that he hits every key thing I talk about in this podcast when it comes to having that successful financial state of mind. Look for the keywords like save, budget, plan, need versus want, and a lot more. Now, without further to do, here's Angel Guillen. All right. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Doing great at home. Relaxing after uh, somewhat of a long day. But, yeah. No complaints. All right. So, kind of just jumping into it, tell me about your financial upbringing. Um, well, from, you know, under Hispanic culture, uh, you know, our whole family, you know, I mean, growing up, it was pretty much my mom, my dad, self, I'm the oldest, and then I got, you know, three other younger brothers after me. And... Now, growing up, my dad was the only guy working at home. So my mom, you know, she's a homemaker. You know, she she didn't work at all. She's had a few odds and ends here and there. But the one who worked, went out every day and worked with my dad, you know, uh, you know, providing for six of us at, at, at home. So, yeah, I mean, so that obviously means we, you know, we didn't have, we didn't go on vacations or anything like that. You know, that's, that's pretty much how it was every year for school getting uh that one pair of sneakers in the beginning of the year in september or, or end of end of august and that'd be it for the year so you know it wasn't horrible but it wasn't I mean, my upbringing i mean financially but yeah but as far as like the area where i grew up as a kid it was it wasn't like the south side but at the same time you know there was a lot of gangs and that kind of thing predominantly you know hispanic area um uh one thing that now that we're talking about finances that i remember is my dad the owner so it was like a two flat or a three flat you know it was first floor second floor and then there was like a you know loft there upstairs area three rental units and i remember my parents had been living there for years for years and like 
growing up, I, I, I just remember my dad saying, oh, you know, the owner wants to sell us the home, but he wants 110000 for it. I mean, that's too much. That's too much, you know. So we ended up where my parents still live there now. At the time, he got it for like maybe 67000 you know. Well, now that same property, about eight years later, uh, that property's worth about 800000 you know. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that area where I had grown up, it just gentrified like like crazy. But of course, you know, being in the financial situation, you know, that we were true, it was it was a thirty dollar difference, or you know, sixty. I mean, I'm sorry, forty dollars, thousand dollar difference from what the owner was asking versus you know what my dad wanted to pay. But I mean, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot of money. I mean, now if you think back at it, it goes, well, dad, you should have jumped on it, but. You know, but, so yeah, so now that area is actually a really good area. So what would you say was your financial state of mind, I would say maybe as a teenager or with your first job or growing up? Financial state of mind, so growing up, and, I, and I'm sure you can relate to this, um, Regis, is you'd always hear from, at least I would hear from my dad um, in Spanish, he'd say, hijo, tienes que ahorrar tu dinero, you know? Which is like, hey, you gotta save your money. You know, you gotta save your money. You know, you don't, don't spend it. But of course, you're young. Whatever paycheck, you know, I would have, I, you know, I pretty much wasted, you know, whether it be on clothing or whatever. Mind you, it wasn't a lot of money. You know, it was probably $200 from the summer youth program, that kind of thing. So that would go quick. Uh, but one thing that my dad would, he would always say, hey, save your money. But I, he never really explained what that meant exactly. Um, so that was my state of mind, like growing up, okay, I gotta save, but just, I didn't know what that actually meant or what he meant by that, except, you know, hey, you gotta save. So. Okay, so when did your state of mind change from when I didn't know what this means to when it all clicked and now I have a whole different state of mind when it comes to finance and money? I mean, again, I guess just growing up, you know, being Hispanic and the Hispanic community is like, Everybody, you know, as soon as they save a little bit of money, it's like they set short-term goals to buy that thing that they want, you know, and it's not so much long-term. Like, you know, you'd often, like, you get to somebody, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to save up this much to, you know, to get, you know, to get that living room set I want or to get, you know, or to get this I want. And then they kind of, like, start back at, you know, zero again after that and you kind of take it that way. I mean, that's pretty much, you know, how I, you know, grew up, or, or hey, if I have a, if I have, there there wasn't any such thing as, um oh, you know, to have a cushion in the bank in case you lost your job or that kind of thing. It was more like, okay, I got enough to survive two weeks. I'm I'm good. I'm good, you know. So that was pretty much the mentality. I mean, another big thing that, that I learned the hard way, especially since I didn't have any older siblings to kind of guide me, to kind of teach me. I mean, my father, he, you know, he, he left his home when he was a teenager, you know, so, so he grew up, you know, in the streets per se. Um, and then my mother's situation, you know, she lost her father at a young age. Uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's always been that uh, just winging it. So for me, it, it, it was a change when a big change, astronomical change, I should say, was when I met my wife, Carissa. And it's not that. I never, like, I think I started making good money, at least when I joined the union, you know, when I joined the trades, you know, it was actually good money, you know, I always had money coming in, but I just didn't know how to manage that money. 
And what is it that happened with your wife or what did that made you just kind of turn it on or change that state of mind? What about your wife? Oh, well, that's, that's an interesting story. So when I met my wife, she had just came from living from overseas. She had lived, uh, you know, in South America for like uh, a few years and, you know, she came here to Chicago and, you know, we, we met each other and, and then, uh, as we started dating and whatnot, you know, we touched the finance subject here and there. And, and then I don't know how, how it happened, but at some point it was like, Oh yeah, you know, I got this much saved, you know, and, and then she said how much she, uh, how much she had saved. And, and, and that's when it, that's when it hit me because I was like, wait a minute. I make double the amount of money she makes, and I have a third of what she has saved up. Something's not right here. Something's not right here. I've been doing something wrong <laughs> for 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 like over ten years or whatever. This is. Wow. I've been doing something wrong for a long time. How is it that she makes less money but has double the savings, and I make a ton of money, and I don't something's wrong. So that that kind of was my going over the edge moment for me. Something's got to change. So you know, obviously, you know, I started. Uh, picking her brain, you know, I mean, and I've worked with a lot of older people in my career, so they've always given, like, advice here and there. And I guess it kind of just, like, went in one door and went out the other. But when it, like, hit me personally, when it was a jab, like, right there, it was like, oh, man, I got to change something. This is this is embarrassing. So, yeah, and that that's when it was, like, a turning point. Okay, so what would you say is your... In life, like, what was your lowest financial moment? Oh, man. Well, I'd say lowest moment as far as uh, financial. Like I mentioned before, growing up, we pretty much, we all had all the essentials. But it was, I was trying to move out of my parents' home. And I was just broke again not being able to manage my money the way i'm supposed to <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i remember i wanted to move up to the north side of chicago i was so you know i mean i was at my parents house and i'm like okay i gotta get out of here i gave myself a time frame and i think rent was like 900 dollars or something like that or 886 at that time i can't remember what it was it was still like a one bedroom and i remember they wanted a security deposit you know of like double the rent, I think it was, you know, I think that was the requirement and, and I just couldn't wing it. So I actually asked a cousin of mine, Joel, hey, listen, man, I need to get this apartment. Like I never had you mean, just, just lend me this money and I'll pay you back. I just got to get this because I don't want to lose this apartment, you know, and whatnot. So yeah. And that was, you know, cause you know, some, that pride, you know, it's something to that that pride of, oh, I'm not going to ask anybody for money and this and that. Like, it's hard. It's hard not to. I obviously didn't want my ask my parents, oh, the next person, like, I trusted, confidant, you know. So, Joel was the only, you know, other, I guess, grown person, confidant that I could go to and ask them, hey, let me borrow some money and I'll pay you back. I had never done that before to anybody, but I knew that I needed to get into that unit. Otherwise, I probably was going to lose the opportunity and whatnot, you know. And I think it took about a year for me to pay him back, <laughs> but I did. But I did. I think I gave him an extra hundred dollars or something. According and to then me. digging into that a little bit more, what what did you feel when you found out you had to go to someone else, another man, like 
to ask them for money? Like, what was going through your mind? Like, it it really it wasn't a good feeling. I mean, it wasn't a good feeling because I mean, because I've been in the trades, you know, like the union trades, electrician, since a couple of years after I got out of high school, you know, and it, and it's and mm-hmm. it's a good trade, you know, they always like paid well and that kind of thing, but. Uh, it, I mean, so it wasn't a good feeling, like, especially having, like, a good job, you know, but then again, it's like not having, you know, it's like, hey, where's your money going, man? So, um, it, it just was not a good feeling at all. And when you asked me that, what was my lowest point? It popped in my head right away. That, that's how bad it was. And of course, things are different now. And, you know, we laugh and joke about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say that was one of my, yeah, lowest. <laughs> I can imagine how. I guess embarrassing it would have been to be in a good, successful field, but then say, hey, so I got nothing, you know? So I get it, man. I understand. So now the opposite of that, when did you realize that you were in this moment in life that you never thought you'd be in where things were just great and you were like, wow, from where I grew up from to where I am now, I am in a different position in life. I always... You know, first of all, I always give God, over God, thanks for the position that I'm in now. Um, and I, I thank him as well for having my wife, uh, you know, come into my life. Cause that, that's, that's when things really started turning around for me. Like, so going back to that story that I told you at first of, oh man, she, my, I mean, how does my wife have this amount of money? And I have this, well, I changed certain things as far as like, you know, my spending habits. And I think it was within a year that I caught up to where she was at, you know, um, and just, you know, and I remember another thing that, that happened around that time. We met 2015, I think it was, and then 2016, while she was away on a, on a family trip. Um, you know, I, I decided, okay, I'm eventually, I'm going to propose to this, but I'm eventually going to do it. And, you know, when that happens, I know that, um, you know, once being a married guy, I know that I'm not going to have permission to do this or that. So I decided to, to get, you know, a boat at that time, you know, but this time it was, okay. it was different. I, I actually had the, the, the opportunity to pay for it in cash. I did and still have some money in my bank account, you know? So it's like, okay, okay. I mean, I, I could do this, you know, and, and obviously, unlike, unlike you know, before I met her, I had gotten a vehicle, you know, went to like the nearest vehicle. I needed a vehicle, got it at an interest rate. This is crazy. It was over 20% interest that I got it, you know, and, but again, not having any financial guidance, any financial background, it's like, okay, sure. Uh, 20% interest on this vehicle, no problem. I'll make the monthly payments, you know, and this and that. You know, I met my wife and she did the numbers for me and she's like, uh, you know, you're throwing your money away here. And then like, when I caught it, it was too late. I think when the, by the time I met her, I only had about six months left of payments. So I had already paid over $5,000 in interest when I could have. Yeah, this is just crazy. Twenty yeah. percent is a period, lot for a car. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I had bad credit, you know. So I mean, and you know, when you're in that position, you got no choice but to give into that, you know. So I mean, I ended up paying five grand interest on something that 
could have been a lot less if I would have gave a little bit extra a month, you know, or, or something like that, you know. And you're more than um, so, that, that five thousand could have been in your pocket. Yes, yes. Or it could have been in my but again, not being financially, yep. you know, savvy and whatnot. I mean I remember, you know, I was living you know, I was living in my, in that condo too that or in that apartment that my cousin had helped me, you know, get by giving the deposit. And I remember seeing this bed in the store window, another just another bad trait. I saw this bed and I was like, Oh, that's a cool bed, it lights up well. It was two grand, so I took out credit for it, you know, at the time. And then, you know, I didn't think about it. I put it on automatic payments. Next thing you know, you know, I meet my wife, and I'm still paying for the thing. Well, I got one payment left to go, and I found out that I gave $2,000 in interest, you know, just just by not paying attention to it, you know. So just, oh, and I could go on with really yeah. bad financial decisions. <laughs> and it, it seems it seems like finding like looking into your interest and how much you spend on interest has helped you know how much you've just thrown out there too, which is good. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, going back to that whole boat story when when she was on her family vacation, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get this before I propose, before I get married, because I know it's not gonna happen after. It's like okay. This time I went about it a little bit different. It's like, all right, I know I have the money to pay for it in full, but at the same time, I don't want to deplete my savings in case I lose my job tomorrow. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a loan and have my money as collateral, and it's a 1% interest, you know, yep. 1 to 3% Perfect. interest. It was, it was very low. It was very low. And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to pay this off. I set a timeline for myself and I'm like, I'm going to pay this off in a year, you know? Uh, and that way, after that, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about getting my interest. Even though the interest rate was low, I still like made a plan for myself to pay things off. And that's pretty much how I've been managing things since then with, you know, with the vehicle, uh, you know, and then purchasing another vehicle later down the line. And no, it wasn't for 20%. <laughs> you know, and the same thing, and, and the same thing. I gave myself a timeline and was aggressive on the monthly payments until it was paid off, and, and that's pretty much how we handle things, you know. All right, so my next question, and no pressure, but my audience is going to learn from you from this next question and hear your advice. So the question is, for anyone that grew up the way we did, the way you did, what's your best advice if they want to have a life either as good as yours is currently now or if not better than yours? What's your best advice for them? Well, my advice is, um, if anything, I'd say don't get caught up in the, you know, in the trivial things, you know. Don't get caught up in the, you know, in, 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 in trends too much. Like, it's fine. Everybody needs to have some sort of a, hobby, you know, something that they like, you know, something that they like to spend money on, you know. In my case, you know, I'm not a gamer, don't get me wrong. I'm not a guy that likes fancy clothes. I don't care much about having the latest phone or the latest, but I do like boating, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, boating is also not that expensive. But but I've learned to manage it by, hey, okay, I'm going to get a boat. So I'm going to pay it in full that way. I mean, or I'm going to make a plan to pay it off. That way I'm not making payments every single year. 
And then, and then I say come up with whatever it is that your likes are. You come up with a plan, and, but a smart plan that, hey, this comes second because it's, it's, it's more of a want and not a need, you know. If, if like, for example, with my extracurricular activities that I like, if, if everything else wasn't taken care of, I wouldn't have that, you know. And that's one issue that a lot of people, I say growing up, sometimes it's hard. Uh, you put your, your, your wants ahead of your needs. And I say that could cripple you financially. Um, and another thing that's very common in the Hispanic community, and, and, and I, I could attest to that because I've been in that hole myself, is that, I mean, sometimes when you do have a little bit of money in your pocket, your inclination is, uh, hey, let me give so-and-so this, let me give so-and-so that, let me give, and you kind of, you do that sometimes on a regular basis, but when you, when you do that, you're also enabling somebody to to not want to do better for themselves. And, and then at the end of the day, you're also hurting yourself because now you're not able to save. So kind of be smart as far as to when and how. And then, um, you know, the other thing is if there's something that you know, okay, this is going to be tight. This is not, you know, may, will this work out? Just, just don't do it. Just don't, don't jump for it. Like if you like going to Mariano's to shop, just don't go to Mariano's to shop if you're on a budget. You know, try Aldi. Believe it or not, it'll be just as good. Hey, if you're going to wear that Armani suit, guess what? Some guys out there on the street, like myself, wouldn't recognize whether that's an Armani suit or not. Whether it's a Tarjay suit or an Armani, to me, it looks the same. So don't spend $900 when you can go to Target and get something that looks similar, good quality or whatever it is, for and put those and buy it for $100 and, you know, put those $800 in the bank or something like that, you know. So I've learned a lot through that, too, of for being younger. Okay, I got to have those uh rockerware. Okay, I just said my age. But, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's not needed. <laughs> I mean, not now, you know, I mean, I'm okay. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm okay with saying, hey, I buy my shirts at Target or, or wherever, you know. I mean, and... It, it's fine. I mean, to me, to me, it, it doesn't matter as long as it's clean and things like that. So I'd say, you know, from the way I grew up, and maybe a lot of people grew up this way, hey, I got to have the latest thing. Well, those latest things cost money. And at the end, what is it? does it make? Well, yeah, it makes you, it might make you feel good and things like that. But at the same time, it's like, hey, you got to take care of you. Nobody else will take care of you as much as you, you know? This is a great way to end it, and I think that's great advice. Thank you, Angel, for letting us go through your financial journey with you. Awesome. I think that was great. Thank you very much. Yep. No problem. All right. All right. We'll All right. All right. Bye. Okay, guys. Did you find those magic keywords? I hope you heard everything that I talk about in this podcast and see that it's a proven concept. There's nothing Angel can do that you can't. So that means you, too, can have a boat one day. Seriously, you can get a boat one day, and I know that's something you've never thought about getting because you don't think you can, but you can. There's nothing you can't do. Thank you so much, Angel, for going through your financial journey with us. It was highly appreciated. Okay, Painter Progression family, hopefully you feel empowered to make these moves you never thought you could make. Just remember, financial success is a state of mind, not the material things you can buy. That next story will be you. Now, this information is for you to use and grow financially, but it's also for you to please subscribe and share. Pay this information forward. Help me change the world by sharing the podcast. 
I'm silly enough to believe that we can change the world. So let's be silly together and change the world together. Let's take this information and flip the world upside down. See you Monday, my P2P nation. Te veo más tardes.